You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. We're going to drink a fine whiskey and smoke a really fine cigar. It is time for happy hour. It is the Man Cave Happy Hour. Whiskey, cigars, spirits, and the stories that go along with it. I'm Jamie Flanagan. I am Matthew Fox. And we are once again uninvited. Very much so. Hey, I've got to tell you. <laughs> Unannounced. <laughs> we are very unannounced. Under construction. They have no idea what's happening. No, no. The waitress keeps going, you keep on setting up more electronics, gentlemen. What exactly are you doing? We're making a podcast, lady. But we're somewhere uh, We're somewhere new. We haven't been before. We haven't. We're at the Hamlin Pub, yep. uh, the Rochester location of the Hamlin Pub here in Michigan. Yes. And uh, they have a, a, it's a nice pub. It's a nice Irish-themed pub. They do an, they pour a perfect pint. I, I, it makes me crazy when people don't pour a proper pint of Guinness. Jamie. Proper pint. The carpet is plaid. Mm. Tell, tell me, are we in an Irish pub? Hid pants. No. <laughs> yeah. So well, I just screamed that in the bar. People looked. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, we have something special today, too. We also we have a guest. It was the first time we we're going to try to take a phone call. Yes. On a remote. Yes. While we're podcasting. So we're going to give uh, Beth uh, a call oh, and Beth. see how this I, works. I'm very excited to talk to Beth. I'm very excited, too. Yes. And uh, we're going to talk a little bourbon. Yes. And we're going to drink a little whiskey. We got a nice Hello. whiskey coming. Hello, Beth. Yeah. Hey, hi. It's uh, it's Jamie and Matthew. We're here. Uh, just uh, we're plugged in and we're recording. We're out and about at a bar. And uh, <laughs> so if you hear a lot of background noise, if it's hard to hear us, let us know. Okay. Yeah. In true uh, man cave happy hour form, we're we're doing this during a uh, happy hour. Sure. So thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's All right, so Beth Underwood, you are the author uh, of a book, one, two, and three, called Talk Bourbon to Me, uh, as well as an accompanying Facebook page and a website. And you are you are uh, uh, not necessarily an aficionado, but a fanatic when it comes to bourbon. Would that be correct? Okay, so uh, Beth, where did where did where did your fondness for for bourbon uh, begin? Uh, well, actually, it begins um, out of blatant curiosity, to tell you the truth, because I was uh, I was actually raised here in Kentucky, and um, as I say that, I also didn't know a whole lot about bourbon, <laughs> and I'm embarrassed to admit that, but I know a lot now. Or at least I'd like to think I do, so we can, you know, probably, hopefully, forgive me for for that oversight of my youth. Um, but as I was, uh, you know, just sort of paying attention to my surroundings here in Kentucky several years ago, you know, it's, it's hard not to notice the bourbon boom that was going on. Right. And um, as I started, you know, hitting a few of the distilleries and doing some tastings and getting to know a few people, I thought, you know, I need to I need to probably educate myself in this a little bit more because I found that people, as soon as they found you from Kentucky, the first question is, oh, well, you must love bourbon. Hmm. Um, so, you know, if I was going to represent it, I wanted to do so at least with some manner of authority. 
Um, and so I began exploring and asking questions and uh, hooking up with as many people as I could. And, you know, it just sort of, the book sort of fell in my lap, really. Hmm. So, all right, that leads us to the book and the book, talk, the, the book Talk Bourbon to Me. Uh, talk to me about Talk Bourbon to Me. What, uh, what are people going to find when they pick up, uh, pick up the book? Well, um, the first book, which came out late 2016, was based on a book I found in the public domain, which was written in 1808. Wow. And that book is the uh, practical art of distilling. And so what I did is I took that entire book and used it as my base and then built up with current text. I sort of I did my best to bring it 200 years forward and talk to people a little bit about what's happening in the current bourbon world. So you could pick it up, and if you um, were so inclined, you could take bourbon from the barrel itself all the way through to the bottling. The book tells you everything there is to know. But along the way, it's honestly extremely um, dry reading. So I came in with all of these tidbits that I could find on bourbon, mm-hmm. asked people what some of their uh, what some of the biggest misnomers were within the bourbon uh, community, and sort of built a just a fun read, I think. And I threw in a few good recipes at the end of every chapter, nice. and it's uh, it, it's really opened up a different conversation because I think a lot of people in Kentucky find bourbon a little bit devastating and I think that when you take a lighter approach to it, it becomes something that you're not afraid to talk about and something that you're able to uh, to really have a lot of fun with because ultimately that was my goal. I wanted people to pick up the book, have fun reading it you know, you can pick it up and, and read a page or two and put it down right. um, and pick it up whenever you have time and then as far as Pulse uh, Bourbon to Me 2 goes, it took on a life of its own as well. <laughs> and basically, the more I worked on the book, the more I realized that the book was really about the spirit of hospitality that, that uh, comes along with bourbon. Wow. And with the help of, again, you know, the experts in the bourbon world, I was able to take hospitality in the bourbon industry back to its roots, which uh, many people, including myself, believe it started with uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor, and then bring it uh, forward into 2018 when we've got, uh, you know, just, just the world is, is uh, Kentucky's oyster, pretty much, you know, the... Uh, the bourbon distillery and the bourbon industry is not only in Louisville and Frankfort and Bardstown area, but now we've got distilleries in Danville and we've got distilleries up um, in northern Kentucky. And it's, yeah, we'll be sort of becoming a, a statewide, a statewide phenomenon, really. Oh, yeah. And you can find, if you, if you look through, you can find that spirit of hospitality at every single distillery you go to no visit is no two visits are alike no. every place is different every place has their own um 
their own signature, their own stories to tell, their own way of doing things. You know, and, and so I... Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I've just tried to bring tried to bring that spirit of hospitality alive. Um, and the stories in here are so endearing. It's just it's just a phenomenal read to learn about some of these people. You know, that's one of the things that we've actually learned here in Michigan. You know, there are a number of distilleries around here, and when we go and visit their distillery, you know, everybody has a unique great story. Stories. Great stories and their their origins and how they came up with certain uh, recipes themselves. You know, and then mm-hmm. to put it in the book form, you know, tell me about that process and, and some of the other, you know, research that you had to do uh, when you were writing the book on uh, Talk to Me, uh, Talk Bourbon to Me on the second one. Well, this probably goes without saying, but when you're researching bourbon, there is no such thing as a dull day. Um, <laughs> and probably the most fun I had, well, oh gosh, one of the most interesting days, let's put it this way, was when I attended uh, Moonshine University. Okay. Now, several years ago, if you would have told me such a, a school existed, I would have had a hearty laugh over that. Hey, uh, I, I went to pizza college, so, you know, I, I was uh, in my early 20s. I did Domino's Pizza, and I went to pizza college. So uh, that there's a moonshine university, I, I believe you. I'm a Little Caesars guy, too. Yeah. And, and it is a phenomenal place, let me oh. tell you. It's just... Uh, they, they have a staff on hand who, of course, you know, their, their knowledge of the bourbon world from, really from the, the, uh, the Coopers here in Kentucky, um, all the way through to the bottling. They know their stuff like nobody's business. What, what's your, what's your most surprising story that, that you found, that something that really uh, surprised you? You know, I think that I think one of the things that surprises me most are some of the um, myths about bourbon that are that are really rooted in people's brains, and and there are two that stick out. One of them is that people don't, not all people realize that all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Mm-hmm. And then. The second myth that's out there is that uh, a lot of people still believe that if it's not made in Kentucky, it's not bourbon. Exactly, um, yeah. Right. And as you guys know, that's just patent on thought. It does have to be made in America. Right. But um, it's very surprising to see how many people still think that you can't make bourbon unless you make it in Kentucky. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, out of those recipes, right, you said at the end of each chapter you include a recipe. What's one of your favorite recipes? What's, uh, like, for the for a hot summer day? Uh, well, my mother's meant to do it. <laughs> ah, Go ahead. So how do you make that? How do you make that? She, um... Actually, I'll tell you what, I'll send you guys the recipe because they get it wrong off the top of my head. But it's a, uh, it's a still involved process with oranges and wine, or oranges and lemons and some spices and some uh, boiling over the stove for quite some time and then eventually getting it down to a simple syrup. Really? And then uh, basically the simple syrup and, of course, 
whatever bourbon you fancy, a little bit of mint muddled in the bottom, and you top it off with ginger ale. Oh, you saw, that's a, that's a, that sounds like an advanced recipe for sure. That sounds like moonlight, moon, Moonshine College stuff right there. What that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's always the uh, lemonade and, and bourbon, and that's pretty. You can do like the uh, Arnold Palmer tea. Yep. And just add a shot or two of bourbon to it. That's pretty darn tasty, too. Ah, that's perfect for a golf course is what that yeah, is. Yeah, and that's very simple. But um, one of the, I'll tell you, one of my favorites, and I think this one's in, I've got two really good snack recipes, one in each book. And they are addicting. When you add bourbon to simple as, something as simple as a pretzel mix, look out. Mm. Yeah. It's just delicious and you can't keep your you know it just goes like hotcakes i take it to book signing hugely popular well so all right so you're down there you're down there in in kentucky you're a little closer to the uh the the promised land there and the madness of this boom in the last two years but what's going on we got floods we got fires we got collapses what the heck is going on in in bourbon country uh it sounds like the the walls are tumbling down (laughs) Well, it really does, doesn't it? However, comma, um, I was listening to a buddy of mine who actually helped on the on second book, Brian uh, Brian Hara, okay. and he wrote a great book. If any of you guys are interested in uh, a little bit of legally for concern called Bourbon Just, but anyway, he was talking. <laughs> excuse me. He was talking about how. Um, Historically speaking, these distillery fires and injuries were fairly frequent. Oh, yeah. The was they just didn't get the they just didn't get the attention. When all eyes are on the state and they're on it, uh, oftentimes for you know if it's not for basketball, it's for bourbon. Um, so with more eyes, I think, on the state for that, um, you do have a, a, a lot more concern. And it certainly is, I think, since the last numbers I heard on the uh, the fire at, uh, it was actually the, the Jim Beam was, uh, those barrels are at the old Pro uh, Distillery, or what used to be the old Pro Distillery, right. out uh, just right down the road from uh, from the, the revamped Castle and Key. Good. And okay. the last totals I heard were that it was a fifty million dollar loss, <laughs> and forty five million of that was in the bourbon. Oh man! I, mean, I heard I, I heard that they were insured. I heard they were covered. They did, but they did, hadn't put a number out yet. So that's forty-five million, fifty million total. That's a that's, that's amazing. A oh my gosh! Isn't it? And you know, I mean, just to speak, if you when you say forty-five thousand barrels, if you lost forty-five-five thousand barrels. That's a lot of barrels. That's a lot of barrels. That is that is uh, that is a big big rickhouse for sure. So is there anything uh, it, it really uh, is. yeah anything on the horizon? Any any uh, bourbon news? Any any tidbits you know from from being down there near the epicenter? Ah, uh, well, you know the the new bullet facility has opened in uh, Shelbyville. Ooh, nice. I don't okay. know if you guys are 
familiar with the, they've got the uh, Shadley Louisville location, um, right. which is a really an old school feel to it. Fabulous place. Carol Perry is there to greet you when you come in at the guard shack. Um, if you haven't been there, you've got to go there. I don't they, think they, they have to, I don't think they've solved the mystery as to where uh, Mr. Bullet actually uh, has a Because I guess uh, the great-grandfather uh, disappeared and no one knows where he is. And uh, his great-great-grandson had uh, sal or great -grandson salvaged the recipe and brought Bullet bourbon back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, they haven't found him yet, though. But for them to open up a new distillery, that's great. In yeah. Shelbyville, you said? <laughs> it's in Shelbyville, and it's right on the... Uh, right on the interstate. I'm not sure. I know that they have a rick house there and I believe that they are doing some uh, innovative storage there as well. Hmm. Awesome. Um, their visitor center, is, it just looks spectacular. I'm hoping to get over there some, in the next couple of weeks. I believe it opens uh, mid to late June. Uh, so it should be a fabulous facility. It's right there by uh, close to Jeffrey Tree. Okay. And, um, you know, so you could make easily hit those two in a morning or in an afternoon if you if you wanted to so there's that um and the you know for for a lot of your listeners who are uh, not in kentucky if you come down and you take a, a tour the kentucky person boys have i don't know if you guys are familiar with them but they have, they put together some fabulous packages. And one of their, they have a new package out that I just want to tell you all about. Yeah. It's called the Bullet Barbecue and Bourbon. Oh, you got me. It's a trifecta of fun right there. <laughs> doesn't that sound fab? <laughs> These guys, you start the morning uh, with the shooting plate. Then you head off and you have um, barbecue lunch, of course. And then after lunch, you head over to uh, the Bullet Distillery at Fitzgerald Weller for, of course, bourbon to top everything off. When, where, and how do I sign yeah, up? Yeah, <laughs> I I'm, I'm think I'm calling my travel agent and hooking that up. <laughs> I'm telling you, they um, they really just do a fabulous job with their tours. I know there are other people, too, but um, Tim Hagen and, and those guys over there at the uh, at Kentucky Bourbon Boys have, uh, they, they really seem to be doing it right, for sure. And they are all over Facebook and uh, Instagram, so they aren't hard to find, Kentucky Bourbon Boys. Um, wow. Right. Oh, the other, <laughs> one more tidbit that I found, which you guys may, or may have already heard about. Um, and this isn't Kentucky related, this is Missouri related. Ooh. Apparently, the Missouri governor decided that they were going to have Missouri bourbon. Hmm. And it's going to be characterized that it must be mashed, fermented, distilled, aged, and bottled right there in Missouri. It has to um, age in an oak barrel that's made in Missouri. Hmm. And as of January, all the corn that goes into it must be grown in Missouri. Oh, well, that's a nice gimmick. And it's going to be Missouri bourbon. That's a that's a so, nice that's a nice gimmick. Yeah, kind of a, <laughs> kind of a cool little uh, cool little deal. I think that uh, I think they just signed the law maybe in the last few weeks. So 
everybody like something to look forward to. Yeah, everybody trying to find their niche, trying to find their their market. So, uh, Beth Underwood, thank you so much. We're going to do this again. We want to have you on and, and talk to you. We'll be a smarter next time and not be in a loud bar. <laughs> uh, but uh, talk bourbon to me, one, two, and three. How do people find that and, and find you on the socials? Well, we uh, I'm on Facebook uh, at Facebook uh, slash Talk Bourbon. Uh, you can catch me on the my website is just talkbourbon.com. That's the easiest way to to just hook up there. You can email me at uh, Beth at talkbourbon.com, and I'm on Instagram at Beth Underwood Book. Wonderful, awesome. So uh, you mentioned you might give us a copy of the book to pass along. You got it. And I only have one. I have Talk Bourbon to Me 1, Talk Bourbon to Me 2, and then I'm working on three. Okay. So I'm happy if you all um, would like to give away a copy of 1 and 2. I'm more than happy to supply them. You got it. So we will, uh, we will find a, a couple lucky listeners and uh, pass, pass a couple of those copies on, and we'll let you know. But like I said, Beth, we appreciate you hanging out with us, and then uh, we're going to do this again because uh, you're down there in the epicenter, and we'll try to get some bourbon news from you. And uh, Next time we'll try to uh, we'll arrange a tasting. We'll, do, we'll get something you have on the shelf, and we'll all do a tasting together and talk about it. How's that sound? That sounds wonderful. I cannot wait. Excellent. Uh, this has been great fun. I sure appreciate you guys having me on. Well, it's uh, absolutely, absolutely our pleasure, Beth. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Beth. Sounds great. Thanks, uh, guys. Uh, be well. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. She was amazing. She's <laughs> Isn't that fun? She's got so, so much knowledge from, yeah. her, from her books, you know, and all the research that she's done. You know, yeah. just the amount of stuff that she has, you know, at her in her repertoire, I can only imagine the, the uh, conversations that we'll be having here in the future. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. cool to have her on. No, it's uh, so yeah. Jackie checked in on the Facebook, hey, and uh, one Jackie. of my fraternity brothers, Pat Maley, hey. Frauder number one. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, checking in there, I'll have so to ask it, it, it's cool. Um, no, it's uh, we were the, the the charter. We were the charter. Uh, the founding charter. So he oh, was nice. scroll number one. He was the first guy. Nice. So he's number one. He's number one. So and he's John Hancock. He does not let you forget it. <laughs> but he deserves I'm it. Number one. All, Thank you for all, joining us. Man. All props to that for sure. And uh, yeah, no. So, uh, but just a taste. That was. Uh, it was too loud. I wanted to keep Beth on, and and uh, you know, it. They turned up the volume. I think that they did that on purpose. Now did they turn it back it down? down? Yeah. I can't hear it. It may have been just the song itself, but... It seemed as though the second we started recording, they turned the volume up on the music in the bar. Now it seems like it's down a little bit more, so... Oh, okay. Stranger things, man. Stranger things. But, so we're going to do just a taste. We were going to do it with Beth, but, yes. uh, well, I, I just I, I just figured it was too noisy and uh, just uh, doing that. We, we, we I'm just amazed that... Doing the phone and taking a call on a remote worked. I'm I'm utterly impressed with myself for that. <laughs> I'm gonna break my arm, pat myself on the back. Well done for my that friend. one. So I haven't done any research on what we have in our hands right now. All right, but uh, what do we have in our hands? It's uh, the Quiet Man. Quiet it's man. an Irish whiskey. Yeah, you ordered up a Quiet Man. It's an Irish whiskey, so it's not a bourbon. That's the other reason I cut Beth loose too, is because it's a whiskey, not a bourbon. 
And uh, I figured, ah, well, when we drink with her, let's do bourbons because she's talked bourbon to me, the name of the book. She's down, she's After you called that up, I was and we ordered it. I'm like, well, that was really freaking stupid. That's, that's on me, though. That's <laughs> no, I should have. <laughs> you know, I'm a very smart hey, Matt, man. Matt, you're a moron. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but, uh, yeah, uh, Mary chimed man. in as well. So your nice. wife's watching. Be careful. Oh, All right, okay. so we got... Uh, <laughs> no. It's just what we do. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so we have just given it a sniff. Because I, I told you I have this at home. I actually got a bottle for uh, Tim yes. as a gift. So and I enjoyed it, and I, I got it uh, for myself, for at home. All right, so you, I like an Irish whiskey. So you married this one. I did. I married this one. All right, fair enough. So, uh, so Irish whiskeys, what are your impressions of Irish whiskeys? Whiskeys. I haven't even gone there yet. And I'm whiskeys. <laughs> What's your impression of Irish whiskeys generally? Irish whiskeys to me are very similar to a Scotch, where they have that kind of a leathery feel to them. Almost. Right. Um, that's where my taste bud takes me. That's where my palate takes me. It's they they kind of taste like a Scotch at the same time. Uh huh. And that's me personally. But every Irish whiskey is different. You could be it could be a Jameson or what have you. Sure. But this is more of a craft. Whiskey? Yeah. It's a small, oh, it is smaller? Yeah. So okay. it's on a smaller batch, so it might have a different flavor note to it than okay. what I'm used to. I've never had it. Right. I've never had the Quiet Man. So, so your scotches over from Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're more on the, generally uh, on the peatier side. You yes. get more, you get more, much more peat in a scotch. Mm-hmm. The Irish whiskeys, to me, and again, this is just my mm-hmm. very amateurish interpretation, uh, are a little lighter, usually. Um, and I thought they were fairly strong, and then I started. We started doing bourbon the way we started doing, and then I went back to the Irish, and I'm like, oh, these are soft. <laughs> these are nice. These are these are. But this, you know, this particular whiskey. Oh, but they'll catch up on you just as fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, this particular whiskey is actually uh, it's matured in a bourbon barrel, anyways. Okay. An American oak barrel. Oh, so, are they? Yes. So All right. it's, it's got a mellow, smooth feel to it because it's been put into that bourbon. Oh look! I got. Oh, another. I do one as well. I got two nipples on this one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's not PC. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fair enough. I'll be quiet. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, but they do, like I mentioned here earlier, we're at the, the Hamlin Pub yep. uh, in Rochester, Michigan, and uh, they pour a perfect pint. They not everybody does. Not everybody takes the time to uh, pour a perfect pint. Nope. Uh, and they do. It, uh, they go through the process, and it's in a proper glass, and it's Cheers. the right size head, just yes. cresting over the rim of the glass, yada, yada, yada. Perfect pint. So well done. Well played. Thank you. Hamlin Pub. Yep. Um, all right. So what else? Uh, so it's more of a craft. It's a smaller. The Quiet Man, it's smaller. Yep. It's it looks like head. there's two varieties. Um, Let me close that there. Are so there yeah. Is there more than one variety? It I looks think like there, there is. is. So I think it's just an eight, more an aged one. Yeah, I one is an eight-year-old. It's a single malt Irish whiskey. Okay. Um, that's the Quiet Man. Um, and then the other one is a traditional, which is what we are doing tonight. Oh, we're doing the, the traditional? Traditional Irish whiskey okay. tonight. So they have the eight-year uh, single malt as well. So aged eight years, I'm sure that might be a little bit better. Okay. But, you know, some of their uh, the lettering that they have on their bottles is very reminiscent to uh, what we were talking with uh, Beth on. Was mm-hmm. bullet. Okay. So they actually have the lettering on the bottle as well. So oh, it's kind of, oh, okay. Kind of looks like what bullet does with their bottles. Right, 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 right. So, Quiet Man. Do you know what Quiet Man is? Do you know what Quiet Man? No. Educate me, please. It's a movie. Quiet Man. John Wayne. Really? It's a John Wayne movie. Yeah, shot there in, in Ireland. Okay. Um, I didn't so know he's that. A, he's an American that comes back, um, 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a classic. It's 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 overdone and it's it's over. It's cheese ball. You look at it now and it's just like it's a little cringy oh. um, with the Irish, uh, you know, stereotypes and cliches. <laughs> sure, uh, it's a little cringy, but it's still it's John Wayne. John Wayne is pretty cringy, generally speaking. Right, take um, <laughs> you know my lungs. Take them both. <laughs> so uh, yeah, John Wayne is pretty cringy generally when you look back at it now. But uh, so Quiet Man, yeah, that's a movie. Uh, with John Wayne, yeah, we, there's a little that. town where it was filmed, and there's still a lot of the sites. And oh, this is the house where they shot that, and this is the house where they shot that. You can do the little Quiet Man tour. Really? Yep. Right. So, but tell me more about the bur- the bourbon, about the whiskey, about the whiskey itself. Well, uh, John Mulgrew, he uh, is the inventor and uh, original distiller of the Quiet Man. Uh, he spent about 50, he spent a number of 50 years working as a barman in pubs in Belfast. And actually, he would take his son, uh, Claren Mulgrew, with him into the clubs, uh, clubs as well. So, uh, uh, Sierran is the founder of the Quiet Man, but his father created Quiet Man itself. Okay. So, um, it's been around for quite a long time, it looks like. Uh, right. I'm trying to find out when they originally uh, were uh, created here. And I apologize. Thank you. All right, a waitress rolling in with a, a fresh Guinness oh, look there. At that. Oh, look at that. oh, that's boy. brilliant. Ah. So, oh my goodness. Now, bartenders, you know, they, they tend to see a lot of things and they get a lot of opinions of, a, yeah. of different uh, patrons of the establishment that they're in. So, right, right. You know, everyone's got a different palate, everyone's got a different flavor note. So, I don't know if you take notes as to uh, what their patrons were thinking about the certain whiskey that they were distilling, but they probably found one that worked really well and they said, you know what, let's, uh, let's get this out there. I'm trying to f- still find when it was created. I do apologize. All right. Uh, but the code of the quiet man, you know, they, uh, they, they do it, they keep it very close to the chest, very family oriented. So, that is them. I can't find when it, when it originally came out. I apologize, man. Oh, it's all right. So I'm, I'm looking at The Quiet Man. It, it stars uh, Maureen O'Hara. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a, a romantic comedy. Rom, a J- John Wayne rom-com. A <laughs> John Wayne rom-com? Yeah. <laughs> so it actually is. It, it is kind of funny. And it's, 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 it's as uh, romantic as John Wayne gets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you can yeah you can visit the town where it was shot. I mean the movie itself is a fictional okay. town, but I mean there's an actual town you can visit. We did we um, we went there. I went there twice. I went there with my sister, uh, yes, and then when did. we went with the whole family, we went back there and spent two three days. Nice. Uh, just taking it in. That's a bucket list item for uh, for my wife and I to uh, get out that way and visit the the homeland. Even though uh, I found out that there's there, there's not as much Irish in me as I thought, but there's still a little bit, so I'm still good. I'm still good in that regard. I'm All still right, a so, little bit Irish. So what are we sniffing? <laughs> oh, what are we sniffing? What do you smell? I'm getting a bit of a fruity feel to it. Yeah? You get a little fruity. Oh, and I just sniff the actual... And now there's boogers. Yep. Because <laughs> you got nose. your nose in it. I'm going to smell that for the rest of the night, thank goodness. There you are. Yeah, I'm getting a... It, it, it's got a small fruity flavor to and it. And the color, the color is very, very light. Very light. Well, it's uh, it's uh, compared to like many things in barrels. The legs on it. I was going to mention the legs are the, the legs are actually very weak. It looks uh, like it doesn't hang on there very off, very hard. Uh, I don't know. Mine's hanging on. Is it? Maybe she wanted yours oh, it's down. The, it's the light. Yeah, no, no, it's, no hanging, it's hanging. It's hanging on. on. It's hanging it on. It is hanging on. Decent yeah. legs. So uh, it's got some oils in it, right? Yes, it does. 
That it does. All right. You want to give it a try? I will give it a shot because you've right. had this. I right. haven't. So. Cheers. Cheers. I'll tell you what. That's a that is a for me that's a typical whiskey, but it's a much smoother typical whiskey. And then uh-huh. now I'm getting a little bit of the burn on the back end. Right. That's a really nice uh, little burn. What on the else? Back end. What else are you tasting in there? I'm getting a bit of a. I'm, I'm still getting the flavor. I'm still getting the uh, the fruit flavor out of it. You getting peat at all? Not as much as I thought I would. I am. Are you? I'm getting the peat. Yeah. And it's uh, I I love you know the you uh, like peated uh, peated whiskeys. Yeah, you know it's uh, and 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 just being in Ireland, being um, it, it's the fires, right? You go to all these little bed and breakfasts, right? And just each of the each of the places they have all these little peat fires going, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing. It's uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. So uh, well, yeah, mm. I just took my second sip. Mm-hmm. Um, more of that flavor is starting to come out where you know the, the heat is just the same. Now I'm starting to feel a little more of that that scotch flavor to it. For me, that's just where my palate goes. You know, that's that my personal opinion. I'm getting more of a scotchy type. The, yeah, the scotch flavor, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Still good. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm turning red as we speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the scotch. <laughs> that's the Irish in you. That's the Irish in you. Turning you red. <laughs> One cocktail and you're red like a turnip. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, no, it's uh, you know, it's just how it works. There, what's the price point on this fellow? Oh, price point actually, it was actually not uh, not terrible. It's anywhere between thirty five, and if you go up to the eight year, you're probably looking at about forty five, fifty dollars. Okay, that's yeah. you know reasonable when you're comparing it to you know the bourbon shenanigans that are yeah. going on. So yeah, even on the eight year, you know, for less than fifty bucks on the eight year, yeah, you know, that's that's a pretty good price point. Yeah. You know, for for a nice Irish whiskey. Yeah. You know, if you if you already have if you're sick of the Jameson, you've always been drinking on it. You know what? Try something different, and uh, this is a good uh, replacement for that. Yeah, I no, I like it. I have it. Like I said, I I picked it up. I bought it as, as a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, that was uh, I think Mr. Batu. Yeah, I think I think I, I I'm not. Yeah, I went into the wine garden. To see Tony, okay, uh, not but I just went. In, I didn't know it was Tony, and I, I was looking for a, an Irish whiskey because our friend Tim uh, wrote a book about his Irish genealogy. Oh, did you know that Tim wrote a book? I did not know that. I would Tim love wrote to a read book. that. Yeah, yeah, he wrote a book about his Irish genealogy. Uh, he just did it for himself, right? He researched. Um, he's crazy with the research, and he researched his family back and back and back, and he turned it into a narrative, hmm. uh, and he wrote it. And, and he has, so he has his family's history chronicled. Mm. Uh, and there's a couple of interesting characters. There's two or three sets of strong characters that mm-hmm. did some interesting things. And he took it and he wanted to do it like a Christmas gift because he's got a you know big Irish Catholic family. So there's a bazillion of them, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he wanted to make copies of it for his cousins. So he went to a publisher and he's like, I'd like to get this. I'd like to print this for, you know, get just Christmas gifts for my friends. And the publisher looked at it and said, yeah, sure, we can do that. And so the publisher called him back and said, you got something here, actually. Wow. If change it like this, this, and this, you know, jazz, jazz this up a little bit, focus more on this. Wow. And uh, 
more than just your family would be interested in it. And right. he did, and he, he sold a so bunch a of first, them. It's a first-person narrative almost? Yeah, or? well, it's, a, it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So it's, a, it's about, uh, not a first-person narrative, oh, okay. but it's a, it's, it's a narration of okay. uh, the family history. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I would love and to it's, read that. yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so he turned, he turned. He was just doing it for a family gift and the publisher was like no you jazz it up like this and like this right more than just your family would read it so uh so what no anyway long story longer um <laughs> i wanted to get tim a gift and i i, I went into the wine garden okay. and i had no i hadn't been in there you know on purpose to mm-hmm. to like really interact and I so I started talking to Tony, and that's when he was like, "Oh, hey, he pulled out bottles of stuff, and he's right. pouring things for." He doesn't know me from anybody, and he was just like super awesome. Uh, if you're in Michigan and near the East Side, St. Clair Shores, the Wine Garden is a great spot. It's right there. Um, on, uh, is it uh, Mac? Yeah, right on, right on. Uh, no, Harper. Right Harper. On, on Harper. Harper. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, it's just south of nine, between eight and nine uh, on on, on Harper. So everybody the around the country knows M and M Eight Mile. So it's about a half mile north of. Right, that. Right. But the selection <laughs> at the wine garden, amazing, you know? you know, amazing. And, but no, he was so nice to yeah. me. And then he led me to this. I gave it to Tim, and you know, we had tried it. And then uh, I was like, oh, I'm getting another yeah, one to like take this. home. Yeah. Uh, but I like it because it's peaty. I like the the peatiness of it. Um, no, and, I, and, I, and when I'm not going, because like, I have a few, I have two scotches in my in my cupboard. Um, one really cheap and one decent one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, uh, but when I want I want something a little peaty, I, I go for the, the mm. quiet, quiet man. No, as I continue to drink this, yes, you know, I'm. I'm it, what's always my go-to? Now, where, where does my palate always land? Is that that vanilla feel, mm-hmm. right? I always talk about that. Right, right. I am starting to feel that too. Um, if you get, you know, open it up a little bit. With I'm some throwing ice. Uh, yeah. two little, two tiny little chunks of ice in there. But the, the the reason for the smoothness that there is is because of the high malt. To see, oh, it's a high malt in this. It's a high malt. In okay. This. So that's why it's a little bit smoother than most uh, Irish whiskeys. Okay. But you're gonna, you know, I'm starting to feel that, get that vanilla flavor out of it. Right. And then, and it's all, it's a sweet smell almost sometimes too. As you probably open it up, you'll probably get a sweeter smell out of it. Mm-hmm. And a sweeter nose, and that's probably because of the honey that you might be getting too. If you open it up a little bit, so wow, okay, honey. See now, I, I got to read the notes because I'm like, okay, I I, I buy the honey. I'm like, right. is that the power of suggestion or <laughs> is it really in there? You know, this is like you tell me, there's pencil shavings. Oh yeah, I'm getting horse saddle too. Yeah, you know, is it, you can, I got you can, lavender. Oh my god, you can sell me a. Hey, you want to buy a bridge in Brooklyn? Um, but definitely but, the warm finish. The, the warm finish is definitely there. Yeah. It's a really nice warm finish. So when, when I drink that at home, I, I always I always have, I got a, you know, one of those big ice cube makers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I always do it on the rocks at home just just so it lasts longer. Otherwise, sure. I'm otherwise I'm nailing two or three. If I put a big <laughs> rock in it, I, you know, usually keep myself to just doing just one right, right. as the ice melts and just enjoy <laughs> it throughout the night. Um, oh, you know what? There's enough ice in here. I think I can have another. <laughs> Yeah, that's happened. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that's a that's a reality that's came to play. That, but, that is uh, my reality, Mister Fred. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, this is actually a very good Irish whiskey. I will, I would actually take this home myself. Yeah. You know, this is a this is not. Not bad at all. You know, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that we haven't said no to. No, oh, yeah. You know, there's a few things that we wouldn't take home, but yeah. this one I would definitely marry, bring home. I already you know, did. 
So good for you, man. Yeah. Cheers. All right, there, the Man Cave Happy Hour. It's uh, the website, mancavehappyhour.com. It's uh, really simple. Yep. But uh, there's T-shirts available at wearingfunny.com. Wearingfunny.com, yes. Uh, then we're on the Face Space and Twitter. Uh, I think there's an Instagram that we need to remember what the password is. To. <laughs> I'll work on that <laughs> not, one. <laughs> not very, not very, uh, uh, there's too many. It's not as active as the Facebook. Too many, too many, too many. The, the Facebook is very active. Facebook you know? and uh, Facebook and Twitter, we, we put stuff up on a regular basis. Yes. The Instagram, we'll figure it out. Yep. So but uh, the website, mancavehappyhour.com. Uh, and uh, well, it really just links to those other things. It There's really not does. a whole lot on. No. But uh, and wearing funny. Uh, where's you can get t-shirts? There's all kinds of t-shirts for animal talk and mm-hmm. for man cave and wonderful for being on the lodge with it. <laughs> I made one of those. Yes, you did. I saw I got that. Pro- pierogi power. <laughs> I got a pierogi power That's shirt very, on very there. Very hamtramic of you. What else? I have oh some beer on the penguin t-shirts too. We actually have a lot of things happening in the next few weeks as yeah. far as you and I go. And yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of events that are happening. Well, uh, upcoming in the next couple of episodes, I believe we're yeah. going to have somebody here uh, with us to talk about Magnum Seven. Oh, so okay. Fun little five. Uh, fundraiser that's going on in Hamtramck and you know I'm one of the guest DJs out there and you DJed it last year as a mm-hmm. guest DJ so we did Ganip a friend of the show he's been on the show yes, Ganip he has. from 93.9 the river he'll be there for that as well we'll try to get him in yep. uh, so our friend Paul yes. chimed in hi Paul on Facebook and Thanks, uh, Pat Maley uh, he wants he told us to, to try the Connor McDavid um, and he said he's going to join us one time to do one of these. Okay. Patrick, I would love to have you, and uh, that would be cool. So we'll, yeah. we'll arrange it. we got to find a bar that has, or hell, I'll just buy a bottle and do it at the, <laughs> do one of those at the house. Because we can. Yeah. Right. So either either we'll find a pub that has the uh, Connor McDavid, uh, or we'll, we'll do one at the house. Uh, yeah, but cool. Fantastic. Uh, what else we got? You know... There's so much going on. Just pay attention to the socials. There you, you know, are. They, you know, mancavehappyhour.com, the Facebook page. You know, you know, pay attention. You know, we're, we're there to help and uh, just kind of help you guys to understand a little bit more about bourbon as we are complete as we, as novices. We, as we learn, as we fumble through ecstasy here. Yes. All right. So, um, Jamie, thank you. Cannot, cannot thank you for more than you ever know. I cannot thank you. Oh, man, Fox. Cheers. Cheers, man. <laughs>